The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Just what do you whoever? think? What do you think of that? Like a, like an open invitation Tuesday mornings to show up and talk shop. Well, Glenn kind of treats it like that. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, he does. He really does. He just tells you, oh, I'm on my way. And then <laughs> we sometimes see him and sometimes don't. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. That could be, there'd be more people potentially around to. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking is we might have, might generate more, um, you know, cause there's a couple of old guests that, uh, that I, think might be interested Interesting. in just showing up and drinking coffee and talking shop and sure. and um why not all right i'll put out some feelers maybe this podcast will put out some feelers although i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> um so um i asked you i asked you just moments ago if you knew what episode we were on and i don't you don't you want to take a guess uh, 123 no. <laughs> I told you I didn't know. Uh, 112. Okay. You could have done the math. Our first episode this year was the 100th episode. No, I couldn't have. Because there was like, <laughs> there's math there. No, there were several months where we weren't doing it weekly. We were mm. just doing it like. No, no. No, just the start of 2018, the very first episode we did of 2018 was our 100th episode. Uh, but I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't expect you to pass that test anyway. <laughs> um, so the last, the last few weeks, we've been talking about the theoretical construction of your theoretical new studio. Mm-hmm. It's still like a year and a half away. Yeah, that's all right. Design takes time. Oh, I know. When I, I've when just I des- been looking at like, what am I going to build stuff with? One person su- suggested that I float the floor with hockey pucks, but I'm not going to. Doug Organ did that, and um, he's quite happy with the results. Um, a lot of work. I, I I wouldn't do it myself. But. That that's fair. Like if I had the space to yeah. put hockey pucks, I might yeah. consider it. If you're a baseball hockey studio. pucks are too thick, though. Yeah, it creates um, between the uh, the flooring itself and the top layer of your flooring because you of course have to add a frame to the floor, then a surface to the floor, then a covering to the floor, like mm-hmm. vinyl or carpet or hardwood or whatever. Yeah, by the time by the time you add all that together, you're looking at you're looking at almost a foot 
at the worst worst case scenario hmm. you know but at, at the very least at the very least you're looking at eight or nine inches right that's a lot to take up when you have a basement that's probably ceiling height of the basement is probably eight feet at best well i've been given rough, rough estimates that it's like a 10 foot ceiling for the basement oh that's not bad no if, <laughs> if that's true uh, that gives me some wiggle room floating floor won't do you won't do you a ton of won't provide a ton of cost benefit i know um <clears throat> but if you if you build the floating floor like i did that'll basically maximize your um what you can get out of the floor well because my i would my probably whole ignore the flooring is, is, is an inch and a half yeah two inches two inches my whole flooring is two inches okay that's about what I was thinking I would want the max for the, the floor to be. Yeah. But my my big thing is I would like to feed uh, some cables through the floor oh, yeah. instead of the walls. Right. With like the, I would like to have like power conduits in the floor, in the live room type with thing. The, with the setting... You'll never get that without doing the hockey puck thing, no. just because of how much how much space that takes up, right? Okay, um, so I might have to do the wall mounts then. Yeah, what I've seen a lot of what I've seen a lot of um, older houses and older office buildings do is they take a corner where, where you would put the baseboards, right? Mm -hmm. They would take a corner and build a build like a two sided box, like an L shape mm -hmm. that would just kind of sit against sit against the wall right along the floor and then you run all your cabling through there and the outlet sits on top or sits in the you know on that thing instead of instead of on the floor or instead instead of mounted to the wall <laughs> that might be that might be the better the better option for you um because then you're you're not losing any you're not losing any any height you're still keeping all your cabling tidy mm-hmm and you're not putting the boxes in the walls. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you're, it, it's not like, it's not like you're in a, in a humongous space where you need, you need power right in the middle of the floor. Yeah. Right. You can, you can have power along the walls and then run an extension cord. And no one's going to, no one's going to mind at all. Yeah. Right. Probably same, in most cases I wouldn't even need an extension cable. Yeah. Same um, with, same with, um, same with running audio lines. I mean, you really don't need multiple snakes or you don't need, you know, a 12 channel snake at one end of the room and a 12 channel snake at the other end of the room. Oh no. I was you only going to make like a, a one snake box yeah, and, and just and run cables. You can have that considering the size of that, of that live room, you can have that sitting against the control room wall, right? There's no reason why you couldn't. Yeah, I could. Probably have it in the wall or mm. something like that. Yeah, or mount it up against or yeah. something. Yeah, I am trying to make it look aesthetically pleasing as well. Yeah, that's all good. Primarily, I just don't want cables all over my control room. I'm trying to hide cables there. Yeah, and so I would that's like fine. to have like all my power bricks or all my. Uh, power inserts like in the floor close to where i need the power to be yeah. so like i'm gonna have power where the control or where the desk is going to be 
I'm gonna have power where I would have I have to get the dimensions of the space before I know if I can build this or not. Okay. But I was thinking of building a pseudo work desk slash rack. And I was gonna probably put power in there as well. That makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I maybe have some power or well, actually I might actually build it into the desk if I do build the desk. Just have some output power for, so like people could plug in their laptop if they want to work on the desk. That kind of thing would probably be better suited to like the side of the desk or off the desk because the desk you want as much working space as possible and and the, the fewer things, the fewer well, things interrupting the working space. I wasn't space, right? thinking of having it like on the the surface of the desk, but rather like on the side facing the, the facing the wall the or something over. yeah oh yeah, i got you yeah. yeah all of those things can easily be accomplished with a power bar i know yeah i'm well aware of this <laughs> but i am also going to be running um cables from my computer outside of the control room in and i would like right. all of those to go underneath the floor into the yeah. desk it's not unreasonable to um to build up the floor of your control room, you know, like float the floor of your control room a little mm -hmm. bit. You know, now, now that being said, there's no reason why you would need to float it with hockey pucks. I mean, you could, I wasn't like, right? I, I thought that maybe if I could find like that kind of material in a very thin that and kind of, affordable, <laughs> which I don't <laughs> think exists. You can't have both of those. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another idea I had was like, what if I just, you know, get a saw and chop up a bunch of hockey pucks? But well, but that's the that's that's what that's what Doug did. Okay. So 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 what um, <clears throat> what you was talking about this thing that our associate at Edmonton Studios did when they built the studio was they took a hockey puck and they cut out a U-shaped thing right on right through the middle of the puck. And so, so you're left with this kind of almost horseshoe looking puck. hole inside the puck. Right. And I don't remember if it was, if it was prongs up or prongs down, but, um, I'm not, I'm not even sure it matters all that much, but then he had the, the, the hockey puck sitting on its end. Let's say prongs, let's say prongs up for whatever reason. <clears throat> had them sitting on the on their end so that the flooring structure would be balanced on say a hundred hockey pucks for a standard bedroom mm -hmm. right and they just that, that's what they did they just cut out um this this thing and, and the, the idea was to make to minimize the surface area um connecting one structure to the to the cement floor mm-hmm and he's very happy with it. I mean, they also they also lined the entire flooring uh, or the the entire subfloor with lots of dense insulation, so there's no there's no resonance or or what have you. But you know, and 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 the structure holds his fucking piano, right? Yeah. So so it's clearly clearly a clearly a quality design. Yeah. I, of course, we'd have to talk to Doug to get any specific details around it, but yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. hockey pucks are 
generally cheap, especially if you buy them used. I, I, I looked it up yeah. and like you, you could buy like a bin of a hundred for, I don't know. Some places are offering like 80 bucks for a hundred. You can buy them used in a lot of places and like, yeah, um, for cheaper. Yeah. Well, I saw some Kijiji ads that were like 40 for a hundred bucks and th- that was used. Yeah. And so, but anyway, I'm, I'm throwing out the, the puck idea just cause it, they are too, um, too thick and I would have to, I would have to make them thinner to yeah. make it viable. Well, and, and, and you don't really, you don't really need. And I'm also not like, I've been chatting with people it's looking like floating my floor in this space is probably not necessary i'm still gonna have a little bit of a floating floor just because i don't want a cement floor that's fair uh and that's yeah yeah the biggest thing the biggest thing for me with floating our floors downstairs and we did a similar thing up here but um uh, floating the floors allowed us to decouple the floors from the walls. And that was, that was my biggest thing because the floors downstairs, <clears throat> the walls themselves attach kind of to the cement floor, like the, like the big cement pads that were the whole building is sitting on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flooring themselves, the flooring itself is actually a floating thing that floats inside the walls and doesn't, I mean, there's times of the year where it shifts a little bit and actually accidentally touches a wall. But for the most part, they just don't, the floor itself doesn't touch physically touch the wall. Okay. And, and that's the, that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of the floating floor for me is, is the decoupling from the floor to the wall. It's the only, the only energy that the, that the walls have to deal with is is the acoustic energy created within the room, not the mechanical vibration wall into floor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that certainly helps. That certainly helps with, um, with, uh, the soundproofing decoupling and is such an amazing thing. We do the same thing with the ceiling, the ceiling, <clears throat> this room is considerably different, but, um, the rooms downstairs, all three rooms, the ceiling isn't actually physically touching the walls. Hmm. Um, now, I mean, that's that's a little bit of exaggeration because there's there's certainly the insulating material that prevents sound from traveling through that what would be that that air pocket, right? Right. But the ceilings themselves aren't aren't directly making contact <clears throat> aren't directly making contact with the walls. And so again, the ceiling is decoupled from the wall. There's no physical vibration going between the ceiling and the wall. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Um, each now, now to take that one step further, the walls of each room and the ceilings on top of the walls, the only point of common contact that those walls or that the rooms have is the floor itself and any electrical wire that that is bridged between one yeah. wall and the next but um but the only point of contact is the cement floor itself and so the walls in order for them to physically vibrate into the next wall they have to physically vibrate down into the cement and then up and, and then up 
Yeah. yeah. And that's a lot of energy that's being probably yeah. wasted by the time it vibrates the floor. Exactly. Right. So that's, uh, <clears throat> that's the beauty of, and, and I mean, I built this place on a shoestring budget. Um, so we found some amazing ways to, to accomplish all this at a reasonable level. And, and I mean, you've heard, you've heard the flaws that we have downstairs The mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's not perfect isolation from one room to the next, but it's good no. enough. Well, I'm yeah. not uh, aiming for perfect isolation myself because yeah. I know if I do that, I'm making airtight rooms and then I have to get an HVAC and it's just, I'm not doing that. HVAC is pretty easy to, to fabricate. I mean, HVAC is probably already already into the spaces you're looking for, like the furnace itself, right? It's mm -hmm. probably already into the spaces you're looking for. All you really need to do is build a um, build a muffler for it, which yeah. is also really easy to do. Well, I was going to probably build a muffler for the heat going into both the live room and the control room. Or, or what? do this. So um, Wolf Willow way out on the east end beautiful yeah. beautiful big studio um horribly underused i would love to take it over from him but i couldn't afford it um he uh like that's a that's a big really well built really well designed studio no mufflers <clears throat> they turn the furnace off no. which which i know is which i know is kind of is, is kind of kind of corny but i don't think mary's gonna turn off the furnace during the winter that's fair. That's fair. I think I'll just build a muffler. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be perfect. If it's just like a slight hum like this. Well, this is, this is pretty loud, but this is, yeah, this is, this is pretty loud. This is, this is unusable for mixing and this is, un and of course this, we haven't built the mufflers for these yet either. Right. Right. That's um, one of the many things we still have to do. Like I don't mind some sound getting into the control room, but I am going to try to minimize any outside sounds from getting in there well and, and yeah and that's that's all you really that's all you really want because you're not you're not going to be able to make it perfectly quiet upstairs right oh i know right i'm just trying to dampen it so that yeah. uh, i both don't annoy the neighbors with you know loud drums yeah and uh mary being upstairs if she's because she's going to probably be working on freelance stuff mm -hmm. and doing art stuff um she's not going to get too annoyed with the thun cats going on. <laughs> I love that. You should you should do more mouth drumming. <laughs> I do mouth drumming all the time. You can ask Mary. <laughs> I'm just not around you that much. I guess. <laughs> I see you once a week on these on this Tuesday morning thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm already minimizing some costs because I'm thinking I'm going to have a fair amount of pallet walls where I just take pallets, take the wood off those pallets and then yeah. use them as uh, walls or, or like... As the, the surface of the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Like instead, we're gonna, of, instead of paint type of thing. Yeah. We're going to like sand them down and then stain them. Um, and then put have, them you, have you ever stained wood? Yeah. Okay. Why well, are you going to say it's most, hard? It's, it's not hard. It's just incredibly time consuming and incredibly messy. I'm, I'm aware that it's yeah. messy and time consuming, yeah. but whatever. It'll yeah. look great. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm going to probably do laminate wood flooring because 
I sure yeah. as hell can't afford real wood flooring. I don't know that it makes enough of a difference to for the extra cost anyway, right? It just looks nicer. I don't know, man. Like this. Well, like if someone cl- like closely looks at your floor, they're gonna notice. If someone closely looks at anything, they're gonna no- they're gonna find a flaw. Yeah. Yeah. Besides, hardwood floor is really expensive. Oh, I know. There's no reason to. And and how many times how many times do people actually walk in and and take a look at the floor and say, "Is that real?" And then judge you based on that? I don't know. It just doesn't happen. I'm I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's going to be laminate wood floors in the control room anyway. I don't know about the live room. I'm thinking of like potentially a tile floor. A tile floor. Yeah. Ooh, good God. Or some kind of... Or are you talking like like a vinyl tile or like a ceramic tile? Um, not sure. Because vi- vinyl looked. tile would be the same as this. Like this, okay. this is all vinyl, vinyl tiling, which is nothing. Right. Yeah. But um, ceramic is... Ceramic is super reflective. It's it's stone, right? It's, yeah, um that's what I'm looking for. All right. All right. I'm, I'm looking to hope make this room of, sound... Hope you have lots of rugs. Well, I'm going to have a rug for the drums at least. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to have probably a combination of diffusers and absorption on the, the walls and probably the ceiling. And you want this room, like what are the dimensions of this room roughly? I know you haven't been in there yet, but rough dimensions that you figured. I uh, figured probably 25 feet by 15 to 20 feet. Really? Based on your drawing, I didn't expect it to be that big. This is like numbers that people have roughly gave me. Yeah. Because they were comparing it to my current place. My current living room is like 20 feet by about 15 feet. Huh. No kidding. All right. Big space. Yeah. Well, actually, they were saying the entire living area slash kitchen was probably my bedroom and my living space and my living space is 20 feet by 15 my bedroom's probably like 10 by 15 fair enough and if i keep the kitchen like a 10 by 15 ish um, or kitchen slash lounge right because that's what it's going to be um I think that that that's big enough for people to hang out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And then, if I can keep the live room relatively that size, that'd be plenty for a five piece to perform. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> although it might get smaller because of the control room. Oh, so that's not including the space you're losing to the control room. Wait, but the whole, so, so you're, you're, well, the control room is going to be where there is a, like, it looks almost like it's supposed to be a bedroom area. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm going to have to extend into what the live room area will be to right. just get the a proper size for the control room. Yeah. So, hmm. What's a proper size to you for a control room? Well, I'm just, by proper size, I guess I mean like 
to get what I would like to happen in the control room to happen, where I have space for people to hang out behind the the listening position, so that you know people can be in the control room, and the engineer can be in the control room pretty comfortably as do, well. Do you have dimensions in mind? Um, because that that doesn't. I understand the concept, but that doesn't help with yeah the size, right? Oh, I'm thinking. If I had to estimate just based off of what I've been given, uh, probably 15 or 20 feet um, from front to back, and then about probably 15 feet um, wide. Right. Yeah, that's that's not bad yeah i'm estimating of course yeah and then there's probably going to be walls and everything to take into account that are going to make that that space smaller so right so knowing that the dimensions are going to definitely change for sure especially once i actually know the size (laughs) of this place and where things actually are yeah um, but I, I got a buddy who's going to build a 3D model of the plans. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, uh, when I was designing this place in 2009, there was a, uh, 2009, 2010, 2010, there was a, uh, an online service that you could go and type in your dimensions and then you could populate it with stuff and it, it would create the walls and whatever weird angles you want to, you want to do. And, and, and it would give you a 3D model of of things. And it had furniture, I'll use that loosely, um, drums, guitar amps, guitars on stands. Okay, I kind think of stuff, I've seen some a, of those drawings. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I still have some of the 2D versions because the 3D versions were too big to download back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Wow. If I have a 3D model, I'm going to at least, you know, have an idea as to what it's going to look like when it's all done. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Although, such a small space, I mean, it should be easy enough to yeah. envision it. Although, it would be really cool. It would be really cool if you're... Because you're, the whole thing is shaped like an L-ish, right? Y- yeah. Uh, it would be super cool if the corner of the L was the control room and then the one arm of the L was a smaller live room and the other arm of the L was a smaller live room and you have <clears throat> two different like two different isolated areas that just popped into my brain as being really cool looking yeah it'd be interesting but but, but then you wouldn't have your live room yeah Ah, what about what about this? What about this? To keep this to keep the <clears throat> physical size that you want. Control room in the L. Or sorry, control room in that corner of the L. And then just open up the live room around the furnace. But I would have to then build walls around the furnace. Nothing wrong with that. That would that would keep that would that would give you a bigger space. It would make it a little odder of a shape, which is beneficial for reflections and all that. Mm-hmm. 
and then you'd still have you'd have a better instead of a square or rectangle live room you'd a better shape for your sorry control room you'd have a better shape for your control room and you'd have all this odd shaped live room that stretches out probably even bigger hmm. no you're not a fan of that i can tell already i'm not a Instant fan reaction just because is... like i know i will get a no for that <laughs> that's fair um and i'm i'm leaning on no too because we want still space for like the washer dryer to be down there and we'll need to be able to access the the hot water tank and the heating right so like if something happens and mary has to go in there while a recording session's going on like i would just like to avoid her or i if like another session's going on yeah. either one of us just having to do something with the house and interrupting a session right so that's fair yeah i don't think that'll work um i don't know why this popped into my head in relation to what we're talking about but um i just i, I just found out um last week or 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 something that uh max volume one of the other studios in town that's pretty close to us okay i used to think they were a basement studio built out of some guy's basement right based on just the general look of the look of the inside you know um as it turns out they're in a uh they're in a warehouse space kind of like we are um hmm. and it's a and it sounds like the guy the main guy that runs it uh mike something i can't remember his last name um he's running it full-time awesome yeah yeah um i'm going over there around noon to pick up some files for him uh from him and uh hopefully i'll get a tour get to see the space cool you want to come along i'll i can drop you off on your on the way back i'd love to sure i've not You'll heard of never this studio turn... but i will <clears throat> oh, really? gladly take a, a tour they best i can tell they opened up two or three years ago and they focus they focus mostly on heavy music oh um they run a what looks like um it's maxvolume.ca m-a-x volume.ca um they uh, i mean the name makes sense that they would do yeah. more heavy um i get the impression that mike is from the uk um and he took according to his bio on there he took the power sound music production course Okay. Um, I don't know how long ago, but, um, they have, uh, I think they have a 32 channel console in there. Um, and, uh, kind of a, kind of a, you know, a reasonably looking, um, workspace. Seems like a, seems like a nice place. Yeah. Looking at pictures, it looks interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, I was kind of excited to see that there's another studio running a, uh, an analog console. Although, um, specifically, I, I wouldn't be excited to use that specific console, but. Man. I mean, it's always nice to see people using analog gear. Yeah. There is that other studio that's been fighting being shut down. Which one's this? Uh, 
shit. I can't remember, but he's been in this space for 20 or 30 years. What? It's a small space. Okay. Um, and it was like a communal space or something like that. It, um, I, I don't know all the details, but like the owners of it don't want him there anymore. So they've been trying to kick him out and they finally like legally got the leaning to do it. But he's been like running um, um, some campaigns, like petitions and stuff like that right. to get the city to allow him to to continue running his studio there uh, he's like even got like people who live in this building be like we have never heard his studio like the noise coming from his studio because like right. that's a th big thing that the owners are being like it's it's he's running the studio and it's noisy and any idea what it, what it's called or who the who's involved uh i want to google this yeah i want to find out um, I was looking up things like that. I was looking up like home studios and like what people could do. And like, just, I saw this story. Is this an Edmonton thing? Yeah. It's in Edmonton. Crazy. Um, you're, uh, I'm going to try to fill space while you're hitting the Google on that. Um, oh, I, uh, the, they were talking about this on, on the Bobby Osinski podcast. Um, but, uh, music revenues are up, uh, second year in a row. Cool. 2017. Um, the, uh, okay. So this is, this is from, uh, pro sound news. Um, with digital downloads falling off a cliff and CD sales dwindling, a massive surge in paid music subscriptions and the continued rise in vinyl shipment drove U.S. music revenues to a second consecutive year of growth, according to RIAA's 2017 year-end report. Um, so recorded music revenues in 2017 rose, and this is just recorded music. This isn't um, like live music at all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2017, they rose 16.5%, uh, an estimated retail value. Oh, uh, value to, um, uh, oh, sorry. Total, total estimated retail value, 8.7 billion. Uh, marking the first time since 1999 that recorded music sales have grown, ma uh, materially two years in a row. All right. Fair enough. Cool. That's uh, that's good news for um, those of us that make our living off of the uh, recorded yeah. music industry. Um, well, as streaming gains more popularity, like money will actually maybe trickle down to the artist. Although yeah. those profit shares should probably maybe be a bit better for the artist, right? Well, and and, and that's that's the hope, right? Yeah. Um, so the sixteen. 0.5% uh, growth is even more than 2016's growth of 11.7%. So that's pretty, that's um, uh, good news. Um, so streaming revenues account for, <laughs> check this out. Streaming revenues in 2017 account for nearly two thirds, 65% of 
of total industry revenues hmm. from streaming revenues. Interesting. Right? That's awesome. Um, and 47% uh, is accounted for in paid subscriptions alone. That's $4.1 billion just in paid subscriptions in the U.S. Jeez. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, did you find it yet? Or do I need to stall with something else? Uh, I can't find it. I know I've read something about it. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so here's another story from ProSound News. Um, this is uh, talking about uh, Thunderbolt 3. Um, apparently, okay, so for several reasons, Thunderbolt 3 looks poised to become the breakthrough protocol its originators always hoped it would be. First, the competition is falling behind. USB 3.1 Generation 2's maximum speed is 10 gigabits per second, while Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt 3 is four times as fast, tops out at 40 gigabytes per second. Uh, ba 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 ba. <clears throat> which requires an active cable, of course. Uh, and it's, oh, but it, it's still twice as fast, even with passive cables. Hmm. Da, 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 da. That's, um, that's all that really interests me in this article. I don't know, I can't. You can't find it? Find it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but apparently he had like some pretty cheap rates and stuff like that. And like I found it through like just researching that one guy in Nashville who's suing the city. I don't know if you've heard that story. I haven't. Uh, there's a guy who was uh, giving a or was given a cease and desist order from the city of Nashville for running his recording studio out of his home. Um. And he had, had, like, he tried to fight it, and he even got, like, signatures from everybody in his neighborhood saying that they like having his studio right. in the neighborhood. And uh, I guess there's only, like, one person in the neighborhood complaining about it, and thus he's having these these issues. And it he only, doesn't know who it is because it it's not one, yeah. one of his direct neighbors. Yeah. Um. But like the city is also having to play, play hard on it because of the Airbnb problems that a lot of cities have been having. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. And so they told him like, nope, you can't do it. And like they made him shut down like his website and everything. Like he's not allowed to promote his home on Weird. social media. And so uh, some some lawyers agreed to represent him. And uh, I guess, like, the next course of action for them right now is to sue the city because they, the city themselves are uh, infringing on his constitutional rights to make a living out of his home. Well, um... Or that's uh, his argument to suing the city. Right. And he's not even... I don't think he's suing the city for all that much. He probably just wants to be... 
like uh, the, the money value isn't really like he, I don't think he's suing them for money. He's suing them for the oh, ability to work out of his home. It's Liz Shaw. Liz Shaw. Yeah, he's um, he's the uh, he's the host of um, um, music uh, rocks producer rock stars. Um, what's that podcast name? Well, yeah. whatever. Like this guy's an accomplished, successful guy, and yeah. they are shutting him down from running his home studio. But he's been he's been in that place for years. Yeah, that's part of his argument is that he's been there for years. Yeah. Why are you shutting me down now? That's and crazy. like it just unfortunately like his case just happened to be happening at the same time that Airbnb was getting a lot of attention and people are being like, no, we have to shut down Airbnb. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, hmm. city code. That's well, <clears throat> and that's, that's certainly, that's certainly something that, home studio guys need to be aware of. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, I I think if I, if I remember correctly, which is not always the case in the city of Edmonton, you have to, if you have people coming to your home, um, you have to have a business license. Um, and you have to get, uh, un- unanimous approval from your neighbors within a specific range of your house. Um, unless your house is specifically zoned for business, a, a certain type of business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, then the city can easily come in and shut you down. Yeah. I know there's like laws saying that it can't, uh, like the parking in front of your house can't alter other, like can't get in, interfere with other people parking type of thing. Yeah. Those are, those which are I don't such... see that actually happening because there's a giant parking lot across the street from your house. The house that will be in, cause we'll be like a block away from the conservatory. Mm-hmm. So they have a parking lot that like no one uses. Yeah, but it's still yet. Yeah, yet. <laughs> Until that train station's there. Yeah. It'll be good to have a train station though. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it because then I can get around the city. I don't yeah. have to rely on terrible busing. Yeah. Yeah. Edmonton Studio lawsuit. I don't know if there's a lawsuit. Yeah. But this guy is trying to fight for his right to continue doing business in this place that he's been doing business for quite a while. Yeah. And from what I hear, I I don't blame him because apparently his rent was like $500 a month. That's probably why the... Yeah. And he had like stupid cheap rates and he's saying that if he moves somewhere else, his rates will have to increase like tenfold to be able to yeah. continue doing it. He's, he's a bass player. He does, he, he performs live as well. As what's this, his, this. what's his name? I don't remember. You remember all these details, but you don't remember his name. Yes. 
excellent. Excellent. <laughs> um, great. Yeah. I'm going to look into it. Mm-hmm. The whole home studio thing. Yeah. Well, um, you with your love of the, uh, of the legal side of stuff. Unfortunately, the, the Edmonton website is terrible and doesn't like give you, me. You can call four one one. You can go down to to city planning and um, and ask. You can. Uh, there's there's you know you. I was thinking I would probably email them and be like, "Hey, I'd like to build a recording studio in my home. What are the rules I need to to follow?" Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had yet another, I want to, I think it's fair to call it a disastrous Monday. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you remember the, um, the rapper posse. Oh yeah. Early in February there. Um, so this time, Saturday, I, I, I've been working with this, but working with this, um, with this uh, Christian singer has written all these Christian songs. Oh, so this is a separate artist? Yeah, a different artist. Um, just it just happens to be on a Monday. I, I don't know what it is with Mondays. Maybe I should take Mondays off. Um, so. I, 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 I've been working with him since the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, we're trying to make his songs. The agreement that we had was X number of dollars for six songs, which works out to be X number of dollars per song. Mm-hmm. So I start, uh, because he, he doesn't, he does no musical theory. And I think I might've talked about him before, but no musical theory, okay. no musical comprehension, um, no thought towards music, except he sings and writes melody and apparently he tries to write lyrics too. Okay. So what uh, what we started with, just so that he and I could get a good working working body, was he started we started with a song that he plagiarized from another song. Uh, and so it's got a very clear structure to it, the vocal phrasing and and all that kind of stuff and. We start, uh, and it's not changed enough. Uh, it's, it's, it's changed. It's probably changed enough. Okay. Um, but I know exactly where it comes from. Okay. Um, it's, it's kind of my responsibility to make it not seem like that's where it's coming from. Yeah. Uh, we also, we also decided, we started, decided to, sorry, we decided to start with three songs. Um, or we decided to start with these particular three songs so that we could, you know, figure each other out because they're the easier songs mm-hmm. in theory. Um, one of them is a cover. So one of them is this plagiarized song. One right. of them is a direct cover. Okay. And the other one is totally original. The choruses of the original song were very, very easy to make sense of. But the verses, he's written his verses with a complete lack of structure. Um, and the first verse is five, five lines long with um, no rhythmic, no specific rhythmic pattern to the each line. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, one of them is, you know, one of them is nine syllables long. The other one is 15 syllables long. The next one is like 14 syllables long. And, and the way he sings them, he's never sung them with music before. And so the way he sings them, you know, uh, verse two and three get even worse. Um, verse two is technically seven lines long and verse three is six lines long. And again, the, the syllable structure, the, the way he sings them are, are just awkward and, and not, they just don't have any structure, right? Okay. So we go through three different versions of me figuring out the music and the first one he doesn't like because it's because it doesn't match his it doesn't match his words like well no i i wrote it directly to your words and this is how your words come across okay so let's revise it i'll remove some of that awkwardness i'll force you to adapt i'll force this guy to adapt into some sort of structure so i create some structure in there it's still kind of awkward mm-hmm but I'm now able to sing along with it. I'm now able to figure out his, the melodies that he wants, and I can sing in the right places in the manner. It's not easy because he's still what he's written is still very awkward. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now it's too funky. It's not. It's not reggae enough. So he wants this to be kind of reggae-ish. But what did he call it? Soul reggae. I'm like, okay. So. What? We slow it down. Slow that it is down. Funk. Yeah. <laughs> he he's as it turns out, he was comparing it he was comparing his song to um Bob Marley's One Love, okay. which was mu- admittedly much more laid back. Yeah. Right? Um and so in, in, in that regards, much funkier. I really liked it, but we slowed it down. It took out some of the funk. Um it opened up some space. Now he feels ready to sing his lyrics to to these things and so he wants to he wants to focus verse by verse he wants me to teach him how to sing his words to the music and then he'll go sing that verse what's his goal with this radio play but he yeah i know and 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 we're working on a shoestring we're working on a shoestring budget with this too like i'm 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 already losing my shirt on it and we're not even we're just in scripting phase. <laughs> if you want to make a career as a musician, you would think you, at yeah. the very least you would learn, like if you want to be a singer, that you would go get lessons or at the very least watch a fucking YouTube video on how to sing. So he's an, he's an older gentleman. I think he might be in his, it might be in his fifties. Okay. Um, which isn't an excuse, but no, but he claims that he's too busy for any of that. Then and you're he's and too he's, busy to build a career. Now he's used to working with he's used to working with um, a specific couple of producers in his in in his home country of Nigeria, and okay. and, and according to them, and and he keeps he keeps saying, "You guys in Canada are so strange." Um, he keeps saying, "I apologize if that accent was insulting. It's probably very insulting." Um, he keeps saying that that he would go in, sing, they would make him some music and the record would be done and it would get on the radio. Yeah, but their standards over there are a lot less 
Very, very possible. So, um, well, that's what I hear about like, yeah. a lot of those. Like, I've heard interviews of people in those areas, and they're saying, like, Say the to same get thing, yeah. equipment there, you're paying like three times more uh, than we are here in Canada. And thus, oftentimes, they will make a trip to Canada or the United States, buy the equipment they need, and then come back. So, so we start working on, on verse one. And it becomes incredibly clear to me he's not even paying attention to the not even paying attention to the music. He's not paying attention to the beat. He's not paying attention to the key that the instruments are playing in. He's not paying attention to anything. He's watching me for cues. And and he can't, he, he has no sense of anticipation. I tell him, I'm going to, I'm going to swing my hand down on the downbeat. That's where you're supposed to start singing. And so I swing my hand beat. He takes a breath, then starts singing. Or I tell him, I want you to start singing earlier. So he sees me, he, he watches me count down four, three, two, and, and, and he starts singing before I even get to the downbeat. And he's totally off and he's not paying attention to the, the the rhythm he's not paying attention to anything that i'm putting into his headphones just not at all like nothing it's as though he's ignoring the music entirely and so he claims it's just this this verse is too hard let's move on to one of the other verses it'll be easier like okay fine so we move on to the second verse this verse as per his request and subsequent approval, this verse, the first four lines are built around a 6-4 six, four, six, four bar structure. So four beats of him singing, two beat rest, four beats of him singing, two beat rest. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. We've even, we've even managed to edit his lyrics down to something that has a little bit more of a structure, should fit into that a little better. Mm -hmm. Easy to start on the downbeat of one, but he still, he can't, he can't find it at all. He doesn't, he, he can't think like he, he doesn't, he doesn't even acknowledge the two bar or the two beat rest. He just finishes saying what, one set of words and goes right onto the next set of words and he goes right onto the next line and right onto the next line. It's just, we don't even get halfway through and it's a complete train wreck. And so after about, after about, 40 minutes of that we give up let's try the third verse this one's got to be easier this one he wanted different from the second verse so we try a four bar pause between lines mm -hmm. he starts singing it instantly he doesn't like it okay let's re redo all the midi tracks because it's we're all we're in midi songwriting at this moment Excuse me. So I, I I restructure them to be six four bars for the first three lines because this is a shorter verse. Mm -hmm. And again, and again, he just like he it, it it was like he was not even paying attention. So we stop working on that song, and we just move on. Go on to the next song. The next song. The next song is the the plagiarized one. This one goes relatively okay, except he's not, he's not interested in singing anything twice unless he'd screwed up. 
And so he sings the, he sings the chorus once with a screw up and he says, yeah, that's fine. Like, how am I supposed to make this sound like it's radio quality? And the, the third song got even worse. So I know we're, we're nearing the end of the podcast here. I want to throw a question at you. He's paid me up front for these three songs. Oh yeah. He, he, he's already broken our, our agreement. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to do six songs for this much money. Mm-hmm. 50% deposit. Yeah. Gives me a 50% deposit, which in his mind is the value of three songs. And so nope. he decided after we started that he's going to go to another producer because he wants a different sound for these other songs. And he's trying to get the, that producer to give him the same prices as I gave him, which isn't even possible because that guy's twice as expensive as me. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, do that. so, so he's already broken the contract. My question, my question that I'm, I'm, I'm slapping myself trying to figure out at what point do I walk away? Cause this is turning into, this is going to turn into a bottomless pit where I can't actually deliver what his ex to his expectations. I don't know. Maybe just have that conversation. Yeah. He may have to even give him back some money. Yeah. Unfortunately. No. And that, that thought crossed my mind. He's working on a grant though. Like he got a grant from the city. From the city? Yeah. The Edmonton Arts Council. Really? Yeah. He was, he managed to like, I mean, his demos, this, this is the thing that bugs me is his demos seemed pretty good. Like he had, a, he had a, he had demos done, um, with another, another guy in town. Um, and they sounded pretty good. And so I was expecting him to, I was expecting him to come in and, and be pretty good. Okay. Yeah. So it's just a, yeah. Okay. You're right. Have I have to have that conversation with him. Yeah. I mean, if he wants you to finish, I'm sure. But like, yeah, I probably wouldn't do more than the three songs that you already started. Absolutely not. Like, I mean, he's clearly already, already planning to give that money to someone else. Yeah. Um, and we even, we even, we even talked about, this is the price for me to do the work that I can do. But if we need to hire someone that needs to, that needs to come out of other money, because I can't afford to pay a musician on, on this money. Yeah. And I knew I was going to, I knew I was going to lose my shirt on the, on the song by song cost anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you were thinking he had his shit together. I was thinking he had his shit together. He got a grant yeah. and usually those people are picky about who they give money to. Yeah. So I think the two, I think the two songs I might be able to make. Okay. But that, that, that original song, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe that's the, what you have to tell them is just, I probably make these two songs sound yeah. good. Uh, this song probably can't. Okay. I need to sit down. Let's make an arrangement. I need to sit down and add up all the math, all the time put into it. Yeah. And then just have an honest conversation and be like, here, this is what it looks like. And this is what it's looking like. It's going to be. I hate those conversations. That's a good place to end though. Yeah. With hateful conversations. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. Got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. 
like I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.